We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey everybody, I've got a little bit of housekeeping here before we get into the episode about Instagram and Theology Beer Camp. So I've been getting more active on Instagram and I just want to let you guys know in case you want to see me make some videos where I look directly into the camera. I'm sharing some stories and posts about basically all the topics that we cover on this show over at Instagram.com slash Dan Koch. That's C-O-K-E and the link is in the show notes. Also, Theology Beer Camp is returning in 2024, October 17th through 19th. The theme is Return of the God Pods. That is a Lord of the Rings reference, which should surprise nobody. I will be there alongside Brian McLaren, Diana Butler-Bass, the New Evangelicals, Bible for Normal People, Tony and Josh from GGCH, of course, Trip Fuller and Homebrewed Christianity, and a whole grip of others. And you can use the promo code RETURNOFYHP, all one word, for $25 off your ticket. Prices go up starting June 1st. That link will be in the notes. I hope to see a bunch of you guys there in October. It was a serious highlight of last year for me. My name is Dan Koch. Like many of you, I've been on a complicated faith journey for a number of years now. And while I tend to find myself on the progressive side of Christianity, my goal is not to make liberal converts. I want this show to be a resource for Christians to my right and to my left, as well as former Christians and non-religious folks, anyone who finds themselves asking difficult questions about God, science, prayer, fate, suffering, evangelism, and more. So many of us have been given bad answers to those good questions, often by people with pure intentions. I want to say that you have permission to take both Christianity and the modern world very seriously. And I hope to facilitate that by introducing you to people seeking God across the Christian spectrum, engaging hard questions in a multitude of ways. Thanks for listening. All right. Kristen Tideman, thank you for returning for another one of these question and answer sessions. It's been it's been a little while. It's been a month or two. Yeah, it's like we had a crazy camp in Missouri or something. Yes, we had a great time at Theology Beer Camp, and that was basically your full-time job for about two months prior to the event, I would say. <laughs> it took a lot of energy, but it had a beautiful reward at the end. It was fantastic. Uh, we thought it might be fun, like normally when we do these, I will pick one question that has like kind of a long answer where I want to look up some data and I kind of prepare and then we do kind of more rapid fire type stuff in the second half. And we thought, let's just do an episode full of the rapid fire stuff. So I don't have anything prepared today. You eee. picked a bunch of questions. I reserve the right to say, I can't answer that without more time. But we'll we're just going to see what happens. And 
and uh, answer some some listener questions. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is a whole mix of randomness. Buckle up. I was up. just going to ask, is there any kind of theme? No theme, I guess. <laughs> the theme is it's you answering the question. Okay. This <laughs> a true mailbag episode just in random order. Well, these, these can be fun. They're its own kind of fun. These can be yeah. fun. Okay. The first uh, is actually from me. I have the the privilege and right as the question asker to ask the questions I'm the I want. question asker. So... It's me. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I know that you have permission. It's not your only nor first podcast. And I wanted a little background on how you actually got involved in podcasting what your other podcasts were prior to You Have yeah. Permission and Pretty Good Vibrations, and kind of what inspired you to start them. Yeah, so I was thinking about podcasting probably in 2015. That's when, um, through 2014 and 2015, I was kind of thinking, should I start doing something public again? And before that, my public thing had been music. So I was doing Sherwood from 2000 and well, our first like legitimate release was 2004 through 2012 when we broke up and had kind of had this public output. And I had, I worked on additional music projects after Sherwood. So I was putting out Pacific gold albums and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, maybe something more, more talk focused. So my, my friends at that time in, in, uh, they were just band friends from the band Emery who was on Tooth and Nail Records, and we had done some some tours with them, and they started up their uh, an original podcast, Bad Christian Podcast, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, interesting. So I hadn't really, I had no sort of model at that point for for people. I mean, I knew what podcasts were, and I listened to a few of them, mm-hmm. but they just kind of did it, and it was a very DIY, you know, thing coming out of music that appealed to me. I think there's a part of me that still really feels most comfortable in kind of DIY yeah. spaces. And they had me on a couple times. Mm. So, and I, and I was anxious to, for them to have me on. I'll admit to that. <laughs> I was like, this sounds fun. Uh, I like it to talk. Sounds obviously. really fun. Nudge, nudge. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Nudge, nudge. And for a while, like I was, I was sort of involved on the periphery with them. I would listen to episodes I would actually pitch them guests sometimes. So I, they they interviewed a number of people that I pitched directly to them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here's what you could talk about. So I was interested in sort of the format and the way that they were able to use the format to explore stuff. You know, they were ba- basically quite early on the deconstruction train is probably the, the word oh, that we would okay. use for it. Yeah. So then they had me on one time in 2016 before the election. I had already been talking about Reconstruct, which is the actually the second podcast that I started, but I started mm-hmm. working on it first with my friend John Rains, who was in Pacific Gold with me at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was like a theology one where he and I would kind of it, there was different it were different modes that we did it in. Sometimes we interviewed somebody, so we had Mike McCarg on, we had Pete Enns on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we also would do like a question or a topic and we would each answer it from our two angles. And at the time, John was like a more conservative kind of Calvinist type Christian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was had already kind of realized I was a progressive Christian. Mm-hmm. And so we did that and we had already kind of started talking about that. And then Bad Christian Guys had me on to do like a live episode about 
why I thought people should not vote for Donald Trump. Mm. And I, because it was live, I got immediate feedback from a bunch of friends of mine who had listened. So I'm driving back from Matt Carter's house to my house in Seattle. And I'm like getting texts from people being like, dude, that was really good. That was like, you're, you're good at this, you know, encouraging texts from friends, like, like you would do if your friend, you know, did pretty well at something. Mm -hmm. And so that got kind of the wheels turning. There's also this funny story from the Calvin festival of faith and writing at Calvin college Mm -hmm. in Michigan around this time. It must've been spring 2016. And I, I had been having this argument with my good buddy, Josh, about whether or not I should start doing something public. Mm-hmm. And David Dark, the author, was doing a session. And I asked a, I asked a question of like, you know, when, how do people discern when it's time to do something mm. for public consumption? And I, I actually don't remember. My friends might remember what he said. I forget what he said, but it was something like, you know, well, maybe it maybe it's time now or whatever. It sounds like you think it's time or something like that. And it was that weekend that I was like, yeah, okay, it's time. Uh, and so that's when I decided to do reconstruct and then eventually depolarize, mm-hmm. which ended up coming out first because it was just less prep than the work that John and I had to do to coordinate for reconstruct. So mm-hmm. depolarize was I did like I think seventy five episodes or so of oh, depolarize, wow. and it was focused on political polarization and psychology. I had read Jonathan Haidt's Righteous Mind and I was just all fired up on psychology and mm-hmm. and trying to like find a sane middle. Yeah. And and sort of rejecting the either or of the culture wars which has of course persisted and even only intensified to this day. Although I do think there's a lot more people I recognize a lot more people making the case for a, a moderate middle uh center mm-hmm. Uh, a kind of sane majority. I like the term the exhausted majority. I think that's pretty, (laughs) I don't know if it's actually a majority, but I do see more people kind of making that case. And I feel like that case has become more acceptable to make there. You also still always have pushback from sort of far left and far right Mm -hmm. people that like, you know, you're the real enablers of the evil or whatever. And I I understand Mm. that perspective and disagree with it, but so that that was depolarized. Do you mm-hmm. want to talk about why I stopped doing depolarized? Yeah. It just it made me anxious. Oh. I yeah, like I can't read and pay attention to that much politics. It just made it just ruins my life. Wow. Oh so, my gosh. So I stopped. That was it. Wow. I, I'm still yeah. I'm obviously still passionate about that. I think that I don't believe in that God and worries about progressive Christianity episodes are are scratching a similar itch for me of like yeah. talking across difference. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, the the political angle just, and I think the current events, like the news, like staying mm-hmm, up on mm-hmm. it, knowing all the angles, it's it's just like I'm not built for it for yeah, whatever reason. Yeah, I should also mention my friend Ellen, who also a pretty good vibrations mm-hmm. guest. Uh, she joined me for one of the seasons, maybe mm-hmm. two of the seasons of Depolarize. I forget now, um, and we had a very fun time. She's super funny and. She kind of played this like every person listener role and it was a lot of work, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Neat. And why did you stop reconstruct? Uh, John moved. And so he, yeah. And, and also he went through like a pretty big change and didn't want to talk about theology anymore. He was like, do you want to do a podcast about philosophy? And I was like, no, no, thanks. (laughs) 
So we, we just stopped doing it. And then uh, shortly thereafter, like I was kind of in the planning stages for you have permission because uh, okay. reconstruct was just kind of, it was taking a while for us to get on the same page mm-hmm. and it was a lot of coordination. And I was like, I think I want to, I think I want to do something else around mm-hmm. faith. Yeah. And so then I started working on, well, what would it be? And then eventually yeah. figured out you have permission. Nice. Yeah. From your, uh, who told you the airplane you were jumping out of an airplane? Yeah. 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 So Jesse Bryan, who's in the rise and fall of Mars Hill episode, Mm. he was doing like Mark's wardrobe and kind of marketing stuff. Uh, after Mars Hill, he started up belief agency, which is an ad agency or creative agency in Seattle. And a bunch of my friends have worked and do work there. Uh, in fact, John Raines worked there for a while and I was in there. I, I had done some music work with them over the years mm-hmm. and I was in either for that or uh, also I would, would do stuff with, with Matt Carter of bad Christian and Emery mm-hmm. and his office was shared a building. So I was there a bunch for a while there. And one of those days I was in Jesse's office and I was talking about, you have permission. I was working on the idea and I didn't know what to call it. So one of the things I was thinking about was title. I sort of had, you know, some ideas about what I wanted to do. And he said, what's the one sentence you would yell? You're falling out of a plane. You have one sentence to like yell to the world Mm -hmm. that like, this is the, this is the thesis. And, and like, you could think of that as a way to name something basically. Obviously the sentence can't be too long. Uh, But if you're falling out of a plane, you don't have that long. You don't have that many (laughs) words anyway. And I was like, it, it, I think it's about permission. I think it's you have permission. And he was like, that'd be a great title. So that was kind of the moment. I think that was the moment where I figured out the title. Yeah. 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 That's dope. And I think I like um, the theme of permission will come back, but not after my second question, which is much sillier. Okay. Da, 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 da. Do you think that Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift will last? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> My sense of people at that level of celebrity is that the line between w- genuine like authenticity and public image is so blurry. Oh. Uh, and and I would imagine it is even blurry to them. Uh mm. not in a way that I would not that I would dock knock them for that. I would imagine it probably comes with celebrity. Yeah. And as I understand her, not having read a ton about it, like she's possibly the most savvy kind of personal brand management yeah. pop star of of American history, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so my thinking is just to throw my arms up because I'm like, well, I don't like that's a steel box that I have no access to. I won't know if this is real for years. If they're still together years from now, then it then it was for sure real now. Right. Yeah. Well, real um, enough. <laughs> real enough. I mean, yeah. like, I think it's almost like, you know, some people stay married, like George Clooney's been married to his wife for mm-hmm. decades or whatever. Uh, but you just don't know that when they first get married, especially if they're both famous. At yeah. the same time, I imagine if you're that famous, the only people who you feel like you can be your true self around are people who are also famous mm-hmm. or powerful in some yeah. other way. Because your life experience must just be so different in a lot of ways. And vulnerability is is really hard. So, like, if you're Taylor Swift, 99.999% of the people in the world have either 
something to gain, have either have something to gain by being associated with you or mm. they don't care about you at all. Yeah. Like they're like a Saudi oil person and they just don't give a shit about Taylor Swift. I don't know. <laughs> but like there's so few people, even Travis Kelsey is going to make money by virtue of being dating Taylor Swift. Like right. nobody can interact with her meaningfully in a way that it, that the gravity of her life does not fundamentally alter their lives. Hmm. That's true. Yeah. That's true to some degree for all of us, but not nearly the, the degree to which it's true for celebrities. Right. So I imagine it would be very hard to know who you could trust. Wow. Yeah. I, I almost suspect that Taylor Swift, because of who she is, doesn't care that much because she's always playing her 4D chess of like, well, I do this. Like it's so many. Yeah. So like the mastermind thing is real. I talk about this with my sisters. And she's like, what's the next thing? How's this going to look? Like, she's already done this before, promotional relationship sort of things. Mm. Like, my little sister said, Taylor Swift likes being famous and likes being seen. Like, other people who oh, act, I'm sure. some of them don't, like, don't do well in the spotlight. But she seems to thrive. So, right. I almost wonder, like, you're saying this makes me wonder, like, would she even mind if, like... Travis Kelsey kind of is like, oh, yeah, this is a famous person who is fun to date. And she's like, he's a famous person who's fun to date. Like, do you think it even goes beyond that? Like when you're at that level of fame? I mean, like I, it's pure conjecture. I love me, the right? pure conjecture. I mean, do you like what do you think? Do you think that it's authentic for both of them insofar as you you even know what authentic means for someone at that level of fame? I, yeah, I also don't know. I feel like it'll last like maybe another six months, which would be gotta, pretty you're long. Putting a date on it. Wow. Okay. Putting a date on it after football season has calmed it's down. It's got to at least go through time. the Super Bowl because the Chiefs are mm-hmm. have a decent shot of going all the way. Oh yeah, you see those Eagles yesterday though. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Although my no. my dad, they're eight and one. Although the end was far too close for comfort. And let me tell you, while my dad was talking to me, he was like. The in the Enquirer, I guess someone wrote like the Eagles are like a drunk uncle by the swimming pool, and he keeps swerving too close to the edge, but somehow he hasn't <laughs> fallen in. <laughs> You're like, yeah, he's doing. They're doing all right, but uh, I think oh. Philly sports are always a good drunk uncle comparison. Oh, if anywhere, too. yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Niners are the Niners are just beclowning themselves. Beclowning the games, and it's been really frustrating. I've kind of. Had to take an emotional step back. Probably time to become uh, an Eagles fan is what I would say. No, 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 no. We, you know, we got to buy, we had a bye week. We'll see what happens. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Alright, one spin-off question from that. Do you think you would handle fame well if you if fame was thrust upon you this is a really good question not do you not do you want to be famous it's like no. assuming that yeah. you are i uh, i think about this i think at certain levels of fame the 
percentage of people who handle it well are quite is quite low. Hmm. And I think we should be honest with ourselves. I mean, also that level of fame is very unlikely to happen. So yeah. it's it's kind of like uh you know, you don't you don't necessarily need to spend a lot of time thinking about it. And I'm not actively pursuing those levels of fame. I mean, for me, like the most famous I can imagine ever being would be like, I don't know, as famous as Malcolm Gladwell is or something like mm -hmm. that's probably the that's, th that's probably the that's pretty famous. That's yeah. the absolute peak. And I won't ever reach that. <laughs> but like, you know, could get in like the kind of famous that I'd like to be is can get into some really interesting rooms. Mm, that's okay. that's probably the part I would like the most. Yeah. Is to just to like because for me ultimately a lot of what my days and weeks and years end up being is it's Dan pursuing interesting shit. Yeah. I just am always looking for whatever is interesting me at the moment. This is not a good thing always to be clear. Mm -hmm. It's just something I recognize about myself. And so that would be the best perk for me probably of of being sort of famous would be like just having more interesting experiences and getting yeah. to meet and interact with more interesting people and ideas. Like, so what level of fame are you asking that I would handle well? Like a like a Taylor Swift level of fame? I would not handle that well, I'm sure. I'll say where you pretty much, if you go out in a city, at least a couple people will recognize you every time. And okay, so come up I was you. just I was just in Bellingham, mm -hmm. uh, bringing bringing some stuff up uh, to our place there because we're moving there, right? And I saw Mark Marin walking okay. on the street. Yeah, so yeah. maybe that's the level we're talking about. Like, and I was like, obviously that's Mark Marin. I said yeah. hello. He said hi, but he kept walking. He wasn't going to yeah. talk with me. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's say that level of, yeah. of fame where he's in some shows and movies. Some people will recognize him, but not like. Mm -hmm. He's not like a household name. Right? Yeah. I think I actually would be fine with that level of fame. Okay. Is that, okay. is that hubristic? I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> in certain, in certain cultures, that was Sherwood. Like right. we, we got pretty close to that. Yeah. Like I, you know, I would walk around Warp Tour or I would go to a show at a regular yeah. venue with a band sort of like ours. And I would, five people would talk to me or something like that. Yeah. Well, you so, know, I knew Sherwood as a kid in youth group growing up. That's right. That's right. <laughs> even we, I. Even you knew. <laughs> in uh, Pennsylvania. I, I will like, okay, how transparent to be here. I mean, why not? So there is a part of me that absolutely loves the recognition. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, I, and I know how much I love it because it happens so rarely now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, we were at a park in Seattle area like a year and a half ago or something mm -hmm. and somebody recognized my voice or my face yeah, or something. Yeah. And he was a, he was a listener and it, it felt so good. Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly, it felt so good. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I miss that from the Sherwood mm -hmm. days when it, it would happen. It would happen. Like I got recognized on the subway in Washington DC. No way. Oh my Sherwood. gosh. Not like all the time, but like, mm -hmm. you know, we were playing, at one point we were playing in front of 2000 people a day. Right. Right. So like you just do the math. You're going to, people yeah, are going to recognize for you. Sure. And I will just be honest, like that it's just like a pure, I, I get why people want notoriety and, and fame. It is just a pure, you know, I don't know if it's endorphins or dopamine mm -hmm. or 
what it is, but like you just get a spike. I mean, some people maybe don't, but I definitely do. I'm an extrovert Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. I, and I also love, I love being reminded that the work I'm doing is meaningful and is meaningful to people. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, you know, being surprised by getting noticed in a public place is maybe a particularly strong form of it because it's not like an email that I might get with like a subject line that mm-hmm. says, thanks for all you do or something like that, yeah, which yeah. I love those emails. Please don't stop sending them. Uh, people, <laughs> all, oh, by the way, people think I get way more of those than I do. It's, it's not that many. Yeah. I'm sure you hear this all the time. Like, no, 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 no. What I hear all the time is, Dada, can I watch Transformers Toys for Kids on YouTube? <laughs> That's what I hear all the time. Right. Dada, can you cut the the uh, crust off my sandwich? That's what I hear all the time. Nice. So, yeah, I feel like I'm not painting a flattering picture of myself here, but it's an honest one. I do. I like some level of notoriety. I I am. I try to be aware that it that it not be the reason that I do things. But you know, I think I'd be okay with a Mark Marin level. Yeah. I think so. I'm also forty. Like. I'm not 22 like a lot of pop stars. I'm not like I'm not 22 like I was when I was on tour. Yeah. Even. Yeah. You know, it's like I've lived a little bit of life. I in all seriousness, I, I'll just say that, like, when I think about like my my core values, uh, which include things like intellectual humility and mm-hmm. looking for evidence and, and curiosity and and compassion, like part of that is like, well, if I do like especially once I'm a doctor, if I do have more notoriety if this or another podcast or like books or speaking, if if I do, you know, sort of rise in, in how many people know my work and stuff like what's my bedrock? Like, how do I make sure that it doesn't turn me into someone Mm -hmm, I wouldn't mm want to be or someone who tries to become a guru or try, you know, in the negative Mm -hmm. sense, not in the proper Eastern context, Uh, Mm -hmm. somebody who, or just kind of becomes like a salesperson for themselves or, you know, like yeah. a brand manager. I don't want to do that. I, I want to be, I want to be formed ahead of time to some degree. Um, yeah. But then also there are days where I'm like, I don't want to be f- famous at all. Like, why, yeah. why yeah. am I even, why am I pursuing any of that? I mean, sometimes I have those thoughts too. Yeah. Well, and, and I want to respond a tiny bit to first thing you said about Please. like, where you're talking about you pursue what you're interested in. I don't think there's shame in that. And actually, I don't listen to Andrew Huberman all the time. But when I do, but I quote I it. Do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. There was one. He had this doctor, Dr. Imordino Yang. And I don't know what I don't know. Uh, I can't remember her exact discipline. I'm pretty sure. Oh, she's a professor of education. She has a doctorate of education, I guess. But she... I just remember her saying something like, yeah, kids are going to learn about what they're interested in. That's natural. And it's hard to make kids learn something they're just not interested in. And if we were more open to making things interesting, (laughs) then kids would learn. So I think it's kind of funny, like it almost feels like a selfish thing. But I'm like, if you, you know, even if you rewind the clock, which is a fun exercise I like to do, like go back to the 1800s well people were going to learn how to farm because they were interested in probably having a livelihood (laughs) you know what i mean like things you're invested in and whatnot and right now there's all of the shoulds of education 
Like, you should learn about this. You should learn about that. But some of them are really not, and they're, they're not even going to be that applicable. Like, if you talk about, like, more complex math, unless you get into that discipline, it's not even really relevant. So, and it's not that interesting. It's mainly theoretical. It's so... Yeah, what other options that, do we have for students, like, in that hour of their day? Like, yeah. after algebra or something, giving more electives. You know, you get to totally. algebra one and geometry, and then, like, you got electives, Take your pick. Find something that's interesting. Yeah. For sure. And I guess the other thing I... (laughs) It's so funny. I just watched The Prestige again on the airplane, which I really love that movie. Historically, Prestige is the the film... Because there's The Illusionist and The Prestige, Uh, which came out the same year. I know, which is so confusing. The Illusionist, I think I have seen... But I don't remember that well. I think they both have Scarlett Johansson, and maybe they both have Hugh Jackman. I am like, no, why no, no they it's do not. This it's us? not that. No, it's not that. No, crazy, but it's okay. It's not that crazy. Are you sure they don't have Scarlett Johansson on the illusionist? Who did the Prestige? Is this Christopher Nolan? Christopher Nolan. Yeah, it's a Nolan. That's why film. they're very right, different right, right. to me. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah. Jessica Biel. Oh, the Prestige the is a really good film. Yes. Okay. So you rewatch really that. Really good. Yeah. So I was rewatching it and Hugh Jackman's character, they're both, there's these warring magicians for those of us who haven't right. seen it recently. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Hugh Jackman is obsessed with Christopher Bale's like secret and why he, how he's so good at his trick. Don't give it away. Is, yeah. I won't, which Typical it's Typical Nolan yeah, it's twist ending. Little twist ending. So yeah. good. And Hugh Jackman, at one point, he finds a way to do this trick where it looks like he's transported. This is not giving away too much, but he gets like a double that's like basically this drunk they find down at the bar, but looks just like him. But he has to take the applause under the stage. And so he's then also obsessed with not taking the applause where he can't see the people. He's like, I want to see it. You know, I want to see their reactions. And I think it's kind of funny uh, like that story, I've never thought about, you know, when I watched it previously, how much it talks about like how f- it kind of is a commentary on how fame alienates you because you, it's like components of the obsession and like yeah. even just being better than Christian Bale or whatever. But so, so yeah, when you talk about like what grounds you, I mean, there are so many levels of the like temptations of fame that could, you know, affect people at you know, like you're in high school and you're a sports kid or you do really well at something that's like almost sure. fame uh, yeah. in your small community. And I think I think there's just ways where also people feign like humility, like they're like, no, 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 like don't. But like right. and that can be just as bad as, you know, yeah. I like to be honest about the fact that it feels mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I'll share one more thing on this and before we maybe break to the patron only section of our conversation. But one thing that I read that really has stuck with me, this guy, Ryan holiday, who has written a bunch of books basically on stoicism. That's kind of his beat, but he was like a marketing wonderkind or something. I didn't know about that part of his career because I'm not really tuned into that Mm -hmm. world. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's more your world, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but he got into he got into stoicism after his kind of wonderkind like he worked at American Apparel and stuff like that and Ooh, okay. and uh so kind of responsible for maybe some kind of icky but very successful marketing campaigns. Uh he kind of had this has this second career. He wrote a book called Ego is the Enemy uh hmm. which I have really enjoyed. I I'm on my second time through. I kind of just listened to it here and there. 
but there's this concept in that book that that he calls like the the work has to be the reward. Mm. So yeah. you might get famous or wealthy from something that you make or do, but and and you can enjoy that, but it can't be the reason that you do it or you will get burnt out. Yeah, because then yeah. you're facing some. You, if you're chasing something other than the work itself, so like the best football coach. Uh, the the reward would be I get to coach more football. I get yeah, to keep yeah. coaching football uh, and maybe I get paid more and more and that increases my job security so I can keep coaching football. Right. You know, so like I try and make whatever it is that I'm working on, like doing the podcast or, or seeing clients. Like if I'm good at seeing clients, I'll get more clients. And the reward is I get to keep seeing clients. Yeah. If I don't like yeah. clients enough for that to be the reward, then I, probably shouldn't see clients. Like I should only do stuff where if I succeed getting to do more of it is good enough. And then you're more likely if you do that to actually kind of make the big bucks or become more successful because you're the person who's actually focused on the thing you're doing. And so you'll do it better. Right. I just, I love that idea. It's so simple. Mm -hmm. The work itself needs to be the reward. And I, I do, I think about that actually pretty regularly. That's beautiful. And dare I say that our our favorite person, Justin Vernon, says something very similar. <laughs> his his work is absolutely his reward and he just keeps oh, working. Yeah. That's kind of why I look up to him so much. And yeah, you're referencing our our uh, fan favorite Pretty Good Vibrations episode Woo-woo. where we walk through <laughs> Bon Iver, a.k.a. Justin Vernon's career. Uh, we could we could put a link to that if people want to hop over to the other feed. Very hey, different link podcast. In the show notes. Yeah. Okay. Well, should we take a we'll take a break and then we'll come back for patrons. If you want to hear the rest of this conversation, patreon.com slash Dan Coke. That link is also in the show notes. I've got like five million more questions, so we better pop over there. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna go we can go a little longer. We'll we'll go more than an hour here. Oh dope. Uh, but Sweet. We'll, we'll do it there. Hey everyone, it's producer Josh here. Just wanted to pop in at the end of this episode and let you know what the second half of the conversation entails. Um, if you want to join the Patreon, you can at patreon.com slash and listen to conversations like this. Sometimes we uh, do half of the episode on the main feed and the other half for those who join the Patreon. I got a little, some teasers for you. Um, first off, Dan gets into a, he, he uh, outlines and he describes a specific panic attack he had. You've definitely heard him talk about end times anxiety and panic disorder, but half, I mean, working with Dan for four or five years, I don't think I've heard him get into detail like this about the specifics around panic attacks. And he describes like one pretty intense situation in detail. Other questions that they get into, Kristen asks him his favorite sitcom, favorite visual artist, uh, favorite thing about himself. Um, If Dan lost his sense of hearing, what would he do for work? Those types of things. If that interests you, again, you can join the Patreon at patreon.com slash dancoke. Otherwise, we'll see all of you next week for the next main feed episode. Appreciate y'all.